0: Hello and welcome to the Inspired Women Gathering show. My name is Dixie Bennett. I'm a four-time best-selling author, international speaker, spiritual guide, mentor, coach, and healer. I help heart-centered healers and leaders who feel unclear about their direction, heal their self-worth, embody their soul purpose, and create sustainable business by tapping into their own body-mind connection. I believe our body is a direct reflection of where we're stuck in our life and business, when we can clear those obstacles that block the path to our best and true self. Possibilities are abundant. This show, we discuss all things from life, relationships, spirituality, business, and everything in between. Women are so inspiring, living through their stories, finding resilience, resourcefulness, tenacity, and the powerful impact that we make in the world. I love connecting and having deep conversations that help awaken you to different possibilities and ways of being. I hope you will find juicy nuggets that you can apply to your life or business so that you can live your best life. Are you ready? Let's get started. We are in season two and I have an amazing lineup of soulful, inspirational women that I just know you are going to enjoy. It's so good to be here with you today. Before we get started, I invite you to take just a moment A moment to pause, to drop into your heart and just be here in this moment. If you're listening while you're driving, just take a nice deep breath. And if you're in a space where you can be for just a moment, close your eyes and take a nice deep breath in and just check in with yourself. Notice any tensions you're holding in your body, drop your shoulders down, soften your jaw, soften your heart. And take another breath. Doesn't that feel so good? Now your body is a little more ready to take in some information and I'm so excited to introduce you to you my beautiful guest Cherry McLeod and our topic today is conscious parenting in modern motherhood. You can connect with Cherry at on Instagram at parenting littles. So Cherry McLeod is a positive parenting coach, financial educator, mama, and founder of Parenting Little's. She completed her master's of education at the University of British Columbia and has been helping parents navigate the journey of parenthood for the past 15 years, specializing in baby, toddler, and preschooler development. She is passionate about helping modern families reduce the overwhelm and stress that come along with growing a family and her work focuses on empowering parents with tools to raise children who are confident, kind, resilient, and equipped with fundamental life skills that will help them thrive in the real world. Welcome, Cherry. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thanks, Dixie. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So where in the world are you located, physically? <laughs>
1: currently physically located in Calgary, so moved uh, to Calgary um, January of this year, so just at the beginning of the year, so I've been here for a couple months, uh, and then COVID hit.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been quite an interesting year. I find it so fascinating actually I was just having conversations yesterday and it's interesting hearing different people's perspectives of how how many people are still living in deep isolation yeah yeah it's it's and it's been fascinating anyway so we're going to be talking about conscious parenting today And I'm so delighted for you to share with us your wisdom. And I'd really love for you to share a little bit about how you got into this, what drew you into this this path of of entrepreneurship and business.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting journey, I'd have to say. You know, something I've been reflecting on for quite a while in that, you know, I strongly believe that we're all put here for a purpose. You know, we all have a purpose on why we're here on Earth. And for myself, God has started kind of molding me ever since I was little. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: ever since I was a little girl, um, the only thing that I ever wanted to be was a mother. So I remember um, back in the day where I would sit with like a Sears catalog. I don't know if you remember getting mailed Sears catalogs. So I would um, literally flip through the Sears catalog, go to the child section, the kids section, and circle all the toys that I would want for my future children. Wow. In my head, kind of plan out what kinds of activities I would do with them and how I would play with them. Um, And so ever since I was little, I just had this plan of this is what I want, you know, my life to look like, which was get married in my early 20s, like be married by 21, have about three kids by 25, and, you know, have that picture perfect family. Um, And of course, life doesn't happen that way. But it was that, you know, that time in my life where it kind of just started molding me to kind of dig deeper into children and kids and development and parenting and motherhood and what all that looked
0: like. -hmm but so fascinating to me because I mean I have to I've never I never really had that call like I had a different calling for sure um but I just never I never sat and really thought about my future my future children I personally never really saw myself with kids and here I am I don't really have children and but I just it's interesting hearing how women you know certain women just from a young age, have this deep desiring calling for motherhood, planning out their wedding, planning out their their future families. I think that's so inspiring.
1: Yeah, and what was really interesting was as I was thinking about my future family, I started looking within, kind of just looking at my childhood, what kinds of things happened in my childhood that, you know, really created beautiful memories that I'm like, oh, I wanna recreate those with my children. Mm -hmm. And then there were other things that happened that I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure that those experiences um, in terms of helping me learn about myself Mm -hmm. actually end up serving me as an adult. Mm -hmm. So um, as I started to just learn more about child development, Um, thinking about my future children, what ended up happening was I started to become my own shrink essentially. So everything that I was learning in terms of child development, I related it back to my own childhood and started piecing together parts where I was like, oh, this is why I behave the way I do in these situations. This is why I react this way when certain things happen. This is why You know my relationship patterns are this way Mm -hmm. Um, and it was fascinating to me that it's within those early years that those beliefs about myself Mm -hmm. were formed and then were just carried on and um I was doing a lot of it with just unconscious programming you know I was just living my life and thinking that you know this actually not even really thinking I was just on autopilot
0: yeah and how did you, at what age did you start recognizing and piecing it together for yourself?
1: It was in my early 20s, um, where when the things didn't go according to plan, so when I was 21 and I didn't get married and <laughs> I didn't have the kids, I was like, man, what's going on? And I had this deep yearning, like in my head, in my plan, it was always, get married, have kids, you know, buy the house, buy the car, white picket fence, all bottom those bottom. things, you know." And and when it didn't happen, um, it was disappointing for sure. And I'm a very, I guess, intuitive person or like I, I'm very, I like to analyze and dissect and process. So as I was going through, you know, different relationship breakdowns, um, just kind of thinking back to okay, what, what happened there.
0: Mm. So
1: it was after two failed engagements that I was like, hey, something is going on something is not right, like, it it shouldn't be repeating this way, like, the first time, maybe it wasn't the right person, okay, maybe I was young, whatever, Mm -hmm. but then when it happens twice, where, you know, I get the ring, but I don't walk down the aisle, and we do all the planning, like, something, you know, definitely, um, there's more to it, Mm -hmm. and that's really when I started to dig deeper, and realize that it actually came from me, and within, and, Mm -hmm. you know, my own programming that ran me for the longest time. Like it was
0: more of a I have to get married, therefore this should be the right thing. Or did you do you feel like you were rushing into it? Or like was there any other kind of pieces that you discovered about yourself getting engaged twice and not walking down the aisle?
1: Yeah, I mean it wasn't a rush at all because both of those relationships were long-term relationships. I had been in those relationships for three years, five years. And so I really was exploring to make sure that, okay, this is the right person. This is, you Mm -hmm. know, um, this wasn't just like a fly by the seat of my pants where we're in, you know, that passionate, you know, um, beginning relationship stage where like, we just want to be together all the time and live the rest of our life together. So it was definitely not on that high because we've had many years to kind of mellow out. Um, And I think it just came down to not really knowing who I was Mm -hmm. um, and not knowing, I guess what I deserved or not believing in what I deserved. Mm -hmm. That self-worth wasn't there. Um, There was a lot where I didn't communicate my needs. And so it was all about what I could do for the other person. Mm -hmm. And when that got repeated twice in those relationships, um, it was heartbreaking where, um, yeah, I, I just I didn't understand. So mm-hmm. that's when I started to dig into more personal development stuff, just trying to understand, you know, real, um, who, why I am the way I am, and relating that back to all of the early childhood stuff that I had been studying, because I just love children, and I was fascinated by them. And that's when the pieces connected. I was like, wow, there is so much interconnection. Uh, and there was a lot of unprogramming that I needed to do mm-hmm. in order to live this dream life that I had in mind. Right. And I wasn't even aware of it up until that point.
0: Yeah, I think I find it interesting in culture because that we're kind of designed to procreate. That's kind of the idea. And when we're going through, I know in my family, there was definitely a lot of pressure that you go to school, you get married, you know, these are the things that you should do. And I, I personally kind of went opposite to that, but I, in the relationships, it was about figuring out who I was and failed relationship after failed relationship. I kind of dive deep into personal development as well in my twenties. And, and I would even say, you know, and you know, it is, it's about deprogramming, figuring out who you are, figuring out why, why do we operate in these patterns? Can we recognize these patterns? And then can we change these patterns and a lot of it does have to do with our childhood behavior why we do what we do unconsciously and you know I just look at them as threads it's like can we follow that thread and see you know exactly where um, we decided to continue to make that decision and from a, a place of protection or perceived safety or or whatever and Um, and yeah, so I love that you've been on that path on that journey as well. And, you know, just kind of figuring yourself out. So at what point did you get, well, you're married now and where, how did you, how did that come about and what shifted for you and into this marriage? Oh, down the aisle, actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually made it down the aisle this time. Third time's the charm, right? Beautiful. Um, and something you said too, about, um, just, how our cultural cultural backgrounds play into it. Mm. Um, definitely cultural programming was a big thing for myself. I was actually born in Hong Kong and came to Canada when I was about four years old. And that was also one of those threads to follow t- that sparked my, my journey into parenting. Um, because when I was little, I would always watch how my friend's parents acted and behaved and how my friends were parented. You know, what type of relationship did my friends who were mostly Caucasian at the time, um, how they communicated with their parents? What types of things did they do? How did they show affection?
0: Um, And it was very different from my own family. What was was that dynamic like for you watching that and then going home and, and having your, what was your experience? And then how did that, how did you respond watching that and then bringing that back home? Did you ever discuss that with your parents?
1: Um, Well, I I don't think I ever did because it just wasn't something we talked about. In our culture, we don't really talk about, you know, emotions and feelings. And it was always very kind of authoritarian, Mm -hmm. right? So it was more like, hey, parents are elders. We respect them. Whatever they say goes, children don't question anything. And that, that, um, that communication just wasn't there in that I never felt like I could Mm -hmm. communicate with my parents the same way that my friends could just openly talk about anything and everything that was on their minds, in their hearts. Um, And, you know, I love my parents to death, you know, like, and they just did what they knew. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was another one of those threads in parenting where it was like, oh, we just repeat those same patterns that we grew up with because that's all we knew that's all um you know we learned from our parents and from our childhood which Mm -hmm. was also what sparked me to study early child development because I was like well I wonder if there's other ways I wonder if there's different ways to do this Mm -hmm. Um, so we never really talked about it and I always kind of yearned for that deep down I was like I wish you know, I could just hang out with my mom and talk to her about, you know, my boy troubles or, you know, things like that, that came up. Um, but my parents just worked a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They, came, they came to Canada wanting to give me a better life. I'm an only child. And so being an only child who's a girl, mm-hmm. also added different, um, I guess, different um, pressures to it, if I can say it that way that, you know, they were very protective of me, they wanted, you know, to make sure that I was safe. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I I didn't get to go out and do a lot of things that my friends got to go out and do just because they were worried about me and they didn't have the capacity to kind of be with me all the time because they were working so much. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the cultural piece was huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw that translate in all of my relationships. Mm -hmm. So, um, after the two excuse me, two field engagements, and then um, where it kind of, I was just kind of like, I've had it. I I don't want to repeat the same cycle again. I need to do something different.
0: Um,
1: And diving into personal development, that's actually where I met my now husband. Mm -hmm. We were both in San Francisco taking a personal development course because we both recognized there were certain aspects within ourselves that we wanted to do differently Mm -hmm. Um, and we continued that relationship a long distance relationship for about three and a half years Mm -hmm. before we decided to you know get married Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: this time around it has been so different because we're actually applying all the tools that we've learned and we're our relationship and you know our our parenting is actually from a conscious place, mm-hmm. as opposed to just running on autopilot and that pre-programming.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and share, because I, I know a little bit about the parenting experience. So because there's another piece to your relationship with your husband, I'd love for you to share that as well.
1: Absolutely. So we are a blended family. We have, um, so my husband, Evan, has a little one with his ex-wife she's now seven and we've got one along the way so currently we have one and a half kiddos mm-hmm. um and it's just an interesting dynamic to to navigate um it, there's one thing about having you know husband and wife navigating relationships and then having a whole other component um, However, that's probably a conversation to save for a different time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so how does conscious parenting, because you've really gotten to practice some of those skills with being, becoming a stepmom in a blended family. And, you know, so how, how have you drawn on some of those tools to navigate? Because, because I could imagine, I know lots of people, especially nowadays, I think blended families are more common than not. And you might know some statistics around that. Um, but I definitely see it. There's people who are married at a younger age, they have their kids, they get divorced, and then they go on to have another family. Um, and share, if you'd like to share some of your personal experiences, or even just some ways that you've been able to navigate through this uncharted territory for yourself.
1: Yeah. Um you know, it's, it's conscious parenting, but also more like conscious adulthood, mm-hmm. conscious motherhood, conscious womanhood, you know, just being conscious of and aware of my own triggers that come up um, where, you know, certain situations may happen. And because I'm emotionally invested,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I get triggered. And so I want to react a certain way. I want to, you know, do things a certain way. Um, And that's all coming from ego in that it's my desire. It's Mm -hmm. my, you know, what I'm thinking. And so as we've navigated this blended family dynamic, it really is about becoming aware of just pulling myself away from that situation in terms of separating myself emotionally and looking at it from an objective point of view to kind of just think, okay, what is in the best interest of this little girl right now? Mm -hmm. And how can we best support her um, to support her development and her needs mm-hmm. uh, and, and removing myself and even my husband's, you know, triggers from it, mm-hmm. um, that we can really nurture her to, to rise up and kind of be herself as opposed to kind of get meddled in with all of our wants and desires. And, um, you know, I talked to uh, quite a few blended families and, and sometimes it can get messy mm-hmm. right? with, with high conflicts and mm-hmm. kids getting involved in, in adult situations that they don't need to be involved in. So, um, an yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. And, and tuning into those. So finding an outlet for, um, you know, myself and my husband to process those emotions aside from her where she doesn't get involved in any of it mm-hmm. uh, because we don't want that to, to influence her or we don't want her to, take in and absorb all of our own mm-hmm. challenges that are coming up so it's it's really hard to describe but it's uh, it's kind of like separating yourself like yeah
0: I call it well oh, recognize it and then become the observer like just kind of take a step back and start to observe where you might be getting triggered or just to see from a different perspective um, but that's, that's what I, I say is just to step back and, and just to re- kind of review things. Where are you getting triggered? How are you participating? What's going on? And just kind of, just kind of watch and, and see what's happening. And then you can respond a little bit better instead of reacting to the triggers that are at hand. What might be some advice for parents who are going through a, experiencing blended families?
1: I think it really comes down to getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. and what your triggers are right I had to do a lot of that deep diving into myself to figure out okay what is it that triggers me and how can I navigate it and how can I you know positively manage it Mm -hmm. so a lot of pre-planning you know kind of just thinking about different situations and scenarios that come up where I would think of the the way that I would like to respond, so that I kind of have a blueprint to kind of go with when the moments get heated. I'm like, okay, right. I remember this is how I would, you know, want to Mm -hmm. show up. And so having that little reminder of, okay, I've gone through this before. This is how I'm going to attempt Mm -hmm. to be and show up for, for my family.
0: Mm -hmm that's powerful well and what might be some advice for parents to start recognizing what type of a blueprint that they would like to desire versus what they actually are experiencing
1: it comes down to a lot of just kind of reflection i think you know it was me reflecting on the past and things that had happened that i was like mm, i'm not sure that i really liked how that panned out or I'm not sure that really served the purpose that I had wanted or, you know, that was best suited for our family. So from those previous experiences, um, doing differently the second time around, and it's trial and error, right? It's, that's life. We go through it. You know, as much as I like to pre-plan things, sometimes we aren't able to. And so it's taking those moments of um, what we kind of call failing,
0: Mm. um,
1: but it's really just falling forward. And, you know, just taking that step and leaning into um, what happened and shifting or mm-hmm. doing just differently.
0: Yeah, but do, uh, I, do I desire different. differently? Yeah. yeah. Great question. Yeah, and sometimes we
1: don't know until we go through it. So we can't really think about everything mm-hmm. um, ahead of time. Although there are certainly some things that we can probably recognize as patterns that we're like, okay, and I know this is something that triggers me. So being aware of those but when there are kind of unexpected moments that happen we just go with what we go with Mm -hmm. and do that evaluation after
0: Mm -hmm. that's powerful well and for you because being a a parent a parenting coach um what would you say well what what kind of well i guess that what development track did you take to become who you are today uh, so in terms
1: of education or... Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it was a combination of both. So it was very experiential in terms of my own journey, looking back at my own childhood and, you know, putting those pieces together. But it was also all the studying that I did. You know, I, I always kind of relate it in this way in that we go to school for our, to learn our profession, mm-hmm. right, to become a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, a nurse, Um, However, we become a parent without much training, Mm -hmm. um, without much um, education around it. And so in my early 20s, I started studying early childhood education Mm -hmm. uh, and then ended up getting my master's in early childhood education because it was just so fascinating to me, all the different aspects of how a child develops to turn into an adult and all of those pieces. And so I ended up combining my, you know, education, with my own journey, to kind of tie it together to, um, yeah, end up becoming a parenting coach, where really, I just love empowering parents to find what works best for them. Mm -hmm. You know, as a parenting coach, it's not about me telling you what to do, and which is often why many parents come to me, they'll come to me and say, hey, Cherry, I just want to know, can you tell me what to do in this situation? Mm -hmm. I'm going to always kind of have to reel them back and be like, well, you know, let's, let's take a look at this. And let's figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. Because what works for our family won't necessarily work for yours, and may not be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's empowering parents to know that it's up to them to kind of figure that out in terms of pulling it out from within them. What resonates? What feels good? What do they want their family dynamic to look like? What do they want their relationship with their children to look like? Mm -hmm. And of course, I can suggest strategies along the way, but it's not a manual. It's not a black and white manual to say, do A, B, C, and D, and you're going to get results, you know, X. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's that reframing that I've had to do with a lot of clients just to help them know that they are in control Mm -hmm. you know they are the ones that have the the power to create whatever
0: relationship they want with their kids Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important piece is that it is it's so important to recognize that you do have the power to design the relationship that you do desire and um know and each child is so different like every human has such a different personality as soon as they come out of the womb Um, and you know there is no black and white (laughs) there's no operation manual that comes with anyone or anything and and I think it is it's that the desire to create good humans and to have a desire that you have a relationship with your children
1: Absolutely. And the fundamentals don't change. Don't get me wrong. There are certain fundamentals hey, sure. that I certainly recommend as, as kind of that framework, you know, things like having a respectful relationship, communication, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that in terms of what are we modeling for our children. Mm-hmm. However, the nuts and bolts and the details of what that looks like is going to look different for every family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. Have you ever had any like mentors along the way that kind of inspired you or what you looked up to or helped guide you on this path? Or was it really just this deeper inner knowing that this was just the path that you were going to follow and you just went for it?
1: Um, I think I would say that um, there definitely has been and that every person that crosses my path has been a teacher for me mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. Uh, My parents, for sure, you know, they have been the ones to show me um, different opportunities or different experiences, Um, the things that we've went through in our own family journey. Mm -hmm. Um, We were a family that battled addiction and Mm -hmm. mental illness. And so Mm -hmm. growing up with that, that was also a really great teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, And along the way, there's just been um, mentors and that, like the teachers that I've had in terms of uh, my studies, Mm -hmm. Um, even family members, you know, I've got different family members with kids with their challenges and just seeing how they navigated that. Mm -hmm. And definitely spiritually, I would, um, I would have to bring in God. God has helped me, um, tune into that wisdom
0: Mm -hmm. And for
1: other viewers, it might be the universe or, you know, a higher power or something like that. But spiritually, there was, there was guidance there Mm -hmm. to, to lead me on the path. That
0: I'm yeah and I think that's an important piece well and for a lot of what I talk about is spirituality with business and and bringing it all and blending it together so how would you say so you kind of described how that's been part of your journey and how would you say that that also shows up in your business um even today in terms
1: of spirituality in terms of
0: that in terms of spirituality in your relationship with God um I think it's before
1: I make any big decisions, I always slow down and take, take a step back. Um, and, and I do spend time in prayer just to kind of get some guidance on, Hey, is this the right path that I'm on? Mm -hmm. What, what do I need to tune into? Um, you know, just kind of letting go of that control Mm -hmm. and allowing space for, um, wisdom to kind of, instill itself Mm. I don't really know how to describe it in in that in in, you know kind of like spiritual terms but I mean it
0: definitely to me it's the same I mean it's you you call it prayer I mean I I pray as well and I bring in different elements of of different parts but it's it's for me I sit quietly and just kind of tune in ask my questions Um, I might go to Oracle cards, I might go to, you know, some other things, I ask for signs, looking for signs, Mm. um, to feel that it is the right thing until I get a solid answer that this is, this is the right path. And I also look for synchronicities. Um, You know, it's that, you know, the, the, I am on a synchronicity experience that in alignment with a sign of, am I on the right path? and show me the sign of that and then I get you know the sign of whatever just confirms that for me and it's like oh that feels so good you know it's just yeah. so, and I love I love describe or having conversations with different different people and I love seeing younger women as well have a deep relationship with spirit God um, with themselves and you know because uh, it's not I think people are kind of all over the place right now. They're not sure what to what to connect to. And I think, you know, a lot of churches have been closing. This is a whole nother topic. But you know, just and I was having a conversation about this with a client the other day where we were, were talking about religion and how it's not such so forefront um, anymore. But I, I think it's nice because a lot of the people that I do have conversations with, there's a variation of discipline. Um, and devotion that they have, whether it is to religion and church and God and, you know, their spiritual practices. Um, I think it's just important to have some sort of an anchor that brings you into that pl- place of presence. Um, that That's that centered feeling so that you can move forward in that easier, just an easier way instead of just constantly operating in the unknown and the, the chaos
1: Yeah, for sure. And I could definitely feel that prior to me actually practicing my spirituality. Mm -hmm. There were times in my teenage years and in my early 20s where I wasn't really strong in my faith Mm -hmm. and I was all over the place. I would get pushed around by media, by friends, by um, whatever was in my environment. Mm -hmm. And when I found God and actually strongly devoted myself in my faith, that's where that anchoring came in. And I wasn't as easily swayed. So mm-hmm. you know, I felt like I had, you know, strong roots mm-hmm. that held me down that when challenges happened, I knew where I was going. You know, I could see the lighthouse and I knew my path
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it wasn't that big state of confusion. And when there were times where I didn't have the answers, I would sit quietly in prayer, kind of like how you described mm-hmm. to get you know, my answers. And I would know when I felt that peace in my heart, mm-hmm. that that was the right path. Mm-hmm. And so as we raise our little ones, that's also what I hope to pass on to them, mm-hmm. you know, to help them build this strong anchor mm-hmm. and have that relationship that is greater than just with their own ego and, yes. you know, their yeah. own desires and wants.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love what you said here. And I think that's the ultimate that we are teaching forward is to have a deeper relationship with more than just our ego. Because when we're feeding our ego, that's what leads us in, astray. It adds more chaos than it actually does peace, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, that's how, so how does that lead to conscious parenting for you? So what awakened within you that conscious parenting really was Um, what you wanted to focus on and and the purpose behind it how did that come about for you
1: Mm. yeah it was kind of like how when I didn't have my faith I was really kind of wavering and and I wasn't rooted Um, so conscious parenting came around with kind of that same um, I don't have a word to describe it but it just felt the same way in that with conscious parenting it was finding that root Mm-hmm. Um, helping me ground in being a mother. What does that look like? What is what is that to me? What is my anchor? Um, what are the pieces that influence me? Mm-hmm. You know, the programming from when I was little and being aware of those things, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, we upgrade our phones, we upgrade our cars, we upgrade our computers. When was the last time we upgraded our own mental programming, internal programming, Mm-hmm. Um, to really, you know, be honest and vulnerable with those aspects of ourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's something that I find often is a challenge to talk about because it's hard, it's messy, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes we don't want to get into the muck. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I'm a strong believer that we need to be in there to be able to clean it out, uh, to filter it through um, so that we can see clearly. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we don't have, you know, just foggy goggles as we're going through life, like just being in tune with all of that messiness in there. And it's not to say that once you're a conscious parent, you're, you're perfect. You know, mm-hmm. there's definitely those pieces that are still inside. It's just recognizing when they come out and, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it serves you or whether it doesn't. And if it doesn't, what would you like to do differently about it?
0: hmm yeah, that's so, so powerful. And I and you know, I do find that people are afraid of, well, in in my experience working with a lot of mothers and mothers to be and mothers who want to be, um, there's a a lot of challenges in and really appreciating even just the human, the human body, and also discovering what motherhood really means. And it's not It's kind of like, it's something that you're supposed to do and then kind of move on. (laughs) You know, it's like graduation, you go to school, you get a job, you get a career. And then um, I find a lot of my moms are really shocked that when they become a mother, it's nothing, or maybe they don't think about what motherhood actually means. I think that's probably the question.
1: And that's the unconscious part of it, right? We're just going through life, going through the motions,
0: doing the things. Yeah.
1: Maybe because society
0: and, oh, I am a mother. Now what? Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And then it's, okay, how do I keep this human alive? How do I, you know, make sure the house is clean and pay the bills? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just going through the motions and doing the things. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it is digging deeper. What does motherhood mean to you? Mm -hmm. What are these greater hopes and dreams that you have for your children? And how do you teach them that every day in your interactions, in your relationship? So, you know, motherhood to me is a lot more than just cooking for the kids and taking them to classes and helping them learn, you know, academic topics. It's how do we actually prepare our children with the skills to thrive in life as they become adults, as they go out into the real world. Yeah. And one thing that comes up for me all the time is that as parents, it's not our job to make our children happy. Mm -hmm. Of course, we want to, we want them to be joyful. Mm -hmm. Um, However, it's okay if they're upset about something, you know, it's okay that they're angry, it's okay that they're frustrated, it's okay that they don't get the things that they want. Those are the things that are going to prepare them as they journey into becoming an adult. Uh, and it's through these experiences that we have with them that we teach them those skills.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. I think it's interesting, because I think we all do, we kind of go through these experiences, watching other people's parents, and watching other people's families, and dynamics, and how people integrate, and, and very much like you, I grew up in a, you know, in a a time where, you know, parents didn't really talk to their kids, that wasn't actually really, um, you know, you just worked, and everything, you just kind of, happened through life. And so there wasn't a lot of development. I mean, it was work hard, do your work, go to school, do your homework. Um, But there wasn't a lot of discussion, you know, about about anything, really. It was just like, oh, well, you know, tomorrow's another day (laughs) kind of mentality. And we have such a different Um, We have such a different culture now where we want to talk about things and we want to have deeper, meaningful conversations with our children and, you know, to treat them like the individual that they are and also teaching them how to contribute to society.
1: Yeah, absolutely different times. You know, mm-hmm. with our parents, it was about putting food on the table, making sure that they had enough money to sustain mm-hmm. the household. And it was all about work. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids managed themselves. Mm-hmm. And now we're in a very different era where parents are recognizing that mm-hmm. they want to do, have and do all of those things that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many of them are are making different work arrangements, right? So that's why there's a lot more business owners. There's a lot mm-hmm. more, you know, home-based mm-hmm. law businesses, right? Because many of us want to have a different relationship with our children than we had growing up, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of that transition with conscious parenting. We're recognizing what happened in the past. How, how did that, you know, pan out for me? Mm-hmm. And what do I want to do differently? And we're seeing that shift And now there are many parents that are like, well, I don't know how to have those conversations because I've never experienced them before. Uh, And so this is where there's so much opportunity with talking about conscious parenting and Mm -hmm. um, just raising, raising children.
0: Mm Well, and and this just I, I a question just came into my mind, and and if you know this is totally out of your range, just let me know. But I was just thinking about, um, like, when I grew up, there was so much freedom. Like, we li- I, we grew up in such a different time. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have social media. We didn't have, you know. I remember it was just like we'd ride around. You know, I lived on a farm, but when we go to town, we'd just kind of be like either they phoned each other to make plans or we just kind of ride around and oh if so and so was out they'd be in this spot kind of thing and so we just kind of go and try to find our people and our friends but we spent so much time away from our parents as well whereas I find now like kids are so tethered to their parents and their parents know every move where they are 24-7 do you feel like there's a, a, a difference or a change in that at all?
1: There certainly has been, of course, with the fast pacedness of everything with social media, with technology. um, There's also a lot of fear around, you know, what's happening out there. Right. Mm -hmm. All the the controversial, you know, documentaries about I don't know if you've heard about Pizzagate and all of that stuff, just all the child trafficking and all of that. Um, I think brings a lot of worry to families, to parents, that they're like, okay, I need to make sure that I know what's going on, where my children are, mm-hmm. uh, and it's mm-hmm. a very different time too. In that back in the day, for us, we knew everybody around, like we knew everybody in in our little neighborhood or in our town, and everybody looked out for each other. Mm-hmm. Right, there was really that feeling of a village where you could go to a friend's house and. Um, that friend's parents would be friends with your parents so they would talk and you they would know what's happening whereas now I feel like there's more disconnect even though we're more connected with media and technology and all of that but there's definitely a lot more disconnect in that everybody's doing their own thing
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, we live in an apartment and I can't say that I really know my neighbors because we don't really hang out
0: Yeah, Yeah. yeah everybody kind of comes
1: and goes and there isn't really that relationship built where I know that if my child is outside that the neighbor across the street is keeping an eye out on on her or you know on the kids so it's it's a different time like that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah
0: yeah no can you give any advice or or share any tips for parents right now especially going through COVID or maybe um you know, doing homeschooling, their plates are so full, they might be still working from home. Like there's there's so much, there's still so much uncertainty. And any advice that you can share for the parents in today?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the biggest one that comes to mind is community. Just having a group of people, your tribe that you can depend on for support, where you guys could maybe share childcare arrangements, give you time to, you know, take some time for you while, your friends have all the kids, or you know, vice versa. Um, just looking for others that can f- kind of fill your bubble, where you don't have to feel like you're doing this alone. You know, as women, sometimes we take on a lot. We just keep piling it on, keep piling it on to the point where we're overwhelmed and we're exhausted uh, because we just want to give to everybody else, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not taking care of ourselves. And um, really we don't need to do this alone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's already isolating enough that we're in COVID and we have to physically self-isolate. Mm-hmm. But I mean, definitely there's ways that we can reach out to each other and support each other emotionally if mm-hmm. we're not able to physically at the moment. Um, but really just asking for support. You know, that's one of the things that I I struggle with. And mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with another mom the other day. And she said, yeah, I struggle with that too. I'm having XYC. XYZ issues with my children. Mm -hmm. And this has been going on for like two years. I've never brought it up to anybody. I just don't feel comfortable asking for support, or I don't know who to ask for support.
0: I, I honestly think that's probably the biggest thing. It's not just ask, it's a lot of people don't know how to ask, but they also don't know who to ask. Because sometimes when we do ask for help, especially in our own family dynamic, and I, and I do hear this a lot. It's like, you know, they, they ask for help, but the family members don't know how to give it to them uh, because they don't know what to do, right? And that's probably why they don't help. Um, but I would say it's probably the both. It's so how, what might be some advice for people to recognize what can they ask for and what how can they recognize some resources that can then support them?
1: Mm-hmm. One of my big, my, my favorite quotes is, um, asking you shall receive, mm-hmm. you know, it's as simple as that. If we don't put it out there, yeah. we never know if we're going to get it. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to ask. And, you know, even just kind of like that, that censoring of, Oh, I don't know if I should ask, or I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is appropriate or whatnot. I mean, just do it anyways. What's the worst that can happen? Someone will say no, or, right. you know, you don't, you don't get that support, which you're not getting anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. So putting it out there. Um, also opens up that space for someone to come and offer support. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not finding it within your circle of friends, look for other resources. There Mm -hmm. are tons of Facebook groups right now that are supportive, um, that are designed just for this. Mm -hmm. Like I, I found like two moms groups the other day, that was just like, if you are feeling like, you're not able to have those deep, meaningful conversations with your close friends. Well, this is what this tribe is for. Beautiful. You know, come show up and bring all your messy motherhoodness, mm-hmm. and let's talk about it. You know, all the things that you don't feel comfortable talking about with your family, with your friends in your circle, mm-hmm. like bring all of that. We're here to support you. We're here to cheer you on. We've been through that, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just getting resourceful. Mm-hmm. And I'm a strong believer that if Um, if we want it bad enough, we'll find it. It's true. So it's just really getting out there and looking for those things, instead of kind of maybe giving ourselves the excuse of, oh, I don't have it, or I don't know where to look. Because Mm -hmm. I know we are all very resourceful.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it's about just putting our mind to it and setting that intention that it's there for us. Mm -hmm. And ask and you shall receive.
0: I agree. Well, and I think too, nowadays, I mean, we have so much technology at our fingertips, you know, and definitely that's one of the pieces, you know, Facebook definitely has Facebook groups, right? Like there's really no other platform that has accessibility to groups like Facebook does. Um, I think that's the most, I mean, it's so powerful in today's age is that we do have these groups and people that we can tap into do is there anything else besides Facebook that has mom groups or um, anything else that you can suggest or I know
1: meetups you know that there's
0: meetup groups yeah
1: however Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any that are actually you know functioning right now because Mm -hmm. meetups the intention is to meet in person there may be some virtual meetup groups Uh, honestly Facebook groups have been kind of my saving grace Mm you know moving here right at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. it, it has been challenging to get to know new people. And it was through going through these Facebook groups where I found different like-minded women. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I get to connect with them even though I've never met them in person. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like I know them. I feel like we've got a relationship mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't feel so isolating and lonely.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Meetup is such a good, another good one. And what about any other, like, because um, I know you do quite a bit of teaching with a couple of other organizations. Um, how, do, how do people tap into those? Like, I know, do you want to share a few that you, you do kind of partner with?
1: Yeah, so I d- definitely partner with different moms groups in and around Calgary. Um, it's about coming together, collaboration, right, mm-hmm. and just um, lifting each other up. Mm-hmm. where we're all, there are many small business owners and we're all trying to do our own thing in our own little bubble on our own little island. Yeah. However, what if we could all link arms and connect and work together? How much greater of an impact would we have if we all collectively work together and support each other? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are different moms groups that I do work with. Um, and, and those came up from Facebook groups or, or I reached out to them. like, hey, I really love what you're doing. Um, so maybe that's another tip don't be afraid to reach out if you see um, someone that resonates with you or Mm -hmm. that you want to connect with over social media Mm -hmm. whether it's Instagram Facebook maybe TikTok I don't know whatever Mm -hmm. platform you're on don't be afraid to just send them a DM or a private message and just be like hey I really love what you're doing Mm -hmm. or you know uh, you know something to start a conversation
0: yeah. Even Instagram, like I'm, I'm totally surprised. Like I've just been kind of dabbling in Instagram over the last couple of years. And even just, I've been kind of getting a little bit deeper into it now. And it's fascinating to me how more and more collaborations I'm finding are happening off of Instagram. Um, Cause it's such a beautiful, it's like, a, it's just a catalog Really, of who you are, what you're doing, what you're putting out into the world, and what I'm noticing too is how accessible. Like celebrities are watching, um, influencers are also watching, and if there's anything that catches their eye, it's just as simple as a scroll, a DM, and then you know something else. You know, DM. Well, most of us would know as direct message, but you know, it's just that it. Life is so much more fluid and simpler, and the accessibility is just profound. So yeah, if you're like when you're stuck, but I think too, with a lot of moms, I find a a lot of empathic moms, they're very overwhelmed. And I think they just get really, really bogged down that it's really hard for them even just to make a decision. And I'm hearing that from a lot of moms in my circles where they're trying to build a business and they're wanting to do something else. and i and i always have the conversation with them too i'm like i th- you know you have to it's not about this or that i don't believe in that i think we can have and like we can have you can have a life of motherhood and you can have a, your own life intertwined within all of it but there also is a time where i think we have to kind of surrender and just decide you know this is where my focus needs to be And we have to clear the rest of the clutter to be 100% in that focus. How do you feel about motherhood and, and kind of navigating through that waters?
1: Yeah, I love what you said. It is definitely about ebb and flow. You know, some days you'll be able to manage business and motherhood all together and everything will be super synchronized and aligned. Some days it's going to be like, okay, I need to focus on just this one thing right now. Mm. Uh, And that's kind of a journey that I've been on with being pregnant. I've had to take a step back from my business Mm. because my focus right now requires me to grow a human. And that's where my energy needs to be. And so I had to kind of just let go of all the things that I had planned for 2020 for my business, to grow it, to expand it, to do all these things. And that's life, right? You you get to a point and you have to pivot, and you're like, oh, you know, just a little a little detour, and you know, um, taking this road instead of that one. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's also being flexible to that and open to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where the spirituality piece comes in, mm-hmm. or okay. tuning into um, spiritually what feels in alignment, yeah. right? instead yeah. of that hard pushing and forcing mm-hmm. and because uh, that doesn't do anybody any good. And this is something that you and I have chatted about. Um, again, also tying back into a community. We can't do this alone. So if we are um, mothering and also growing a business, we need to have supports in place to help us do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: there is no way that one person, us, can do everything
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: all the time. It's just not possible
0: hmm
1: so you know all of those pieces tied in together yeah
0: yeah no I totally agree with you and and it is and that's a lot of what I what I teach my students my clients and people who come into my world is that you know is to let go of that forcing and pushing and the judgments of the perfect ideal of xyz right and just really pull back and just really focus on like what is the most important thing right now and we can you know we can have goals and dreams and we can still have those and you know it's also letting go and being flexible into what is important what what do I have control over in this moment right now and you know focus put your focus in that right it's it's the presence not living in the future Um, but there is you know I admire mothers have so much on their plate. And I think, you know, there's also just this part of, it is just doing, it's an unconscious just doing to get things done. And you just got to do it, you know, you're tired, you're fatigued. And, um, but that's just kind of life, you know, when we're, we've got enough energy to move, we can move. But it's also listening into our cycles of, you know, what else do I need right now? Like, do I need support? Do I need help? How can I Who can I reach out to in my circles? And that's where, you know, I think it's important to be networking for mommies. You know, I think um, it's genius where there's yoga groups for moms, there's workout groups for moms, Um, you know, go and hang out with the people who are kind of at the similar stage as you. And I think you'll be so delightfully um, surprised that you are not by yourself, but you have to put yourself in those scenarios as well.
1: Yeah, definitely being around other people and their energy, Mm -hmm. uh, especially people that are aligned with your Mm -hmm. personality and your beliefs and your values, uh, even just getting out for half an hour with those people can totally shift the day Mm -hmm. uh, instead of kind of just being at home, doing our own thing by ourselves with our kids, Mm -hmm. right? Stepping out for for those brief moments to recharge and Mm -hmm. re-energize makes such a huge difference. And all of these things that we're talking about apply to life, apply to business, apply to motherhood. You know, it's the same principles.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And COVID has actually kind of been a blessing in that way in that it has allowed us to slow down, Mm -hmm. has allowed us to revisit or to look at what's working and what's not. Mm-hmm. What do we want our days to look like? Are we consumed with doing stuff and activities and mm-hmm. just going through the motions? Or are we really intentional about creating our day in the way that we want, um, that makes us feel good, that makes our family feel good?
0: Mm-hmm yeah no it's definitely this whole there's been a lot of reflection and I think that's exactly what we're being called to we're being called to review being called and we're still being called to review you know um here we are in October and it's you know we're there's still deep review under being taken um, and lots of families have still not emerged like people are not going to work um and it is I think it's about having instilling, clear boundaries, you know, with within the home and and delegation, I think too is is a huge piece. Um, you know, everybody's home to pitch in for different, different aspects and different parts. And I think just getting more and more clear on your boundaries as well. Like that's, um, everyone's forced home into their tiny little quarters. And yet, you know, back in the olden days, (laughs) there was so, you know, a whole family of like 13 people would share one space, you know, and they were in each other's face 24 seven all the time. And it's almost kind of like we're being called back to simpler times, literally. And we're being called to also re- Um, well, integrate into new relationships and evaluate exactly, you know, what we do desire, what, what are we being faced with? And what are we being challenged with? And how it's a deeper look at within, right? So kind of like what you went through in your 20s is, I believe a lot of parents are being called to look deeper within even now, like where, where do they want to go? Yeah, as a family, And, and an invitation to communicate. Yes, a deep you know, invitation to communicate. Yes, yeah,
1: to have all of us in isolation and separation. Mm-hmm. This is really calling us to pull out. You know mm-hmm. our communication skills. Mm-hmm to work on those pieces where we're actually asking for what we need. We're talking to the people that we love. We're mm-hmm. um, having dialogue and mm-hmm. going deeper into just the superficial everyday things. What's for dinner? Where are we going? What's the, on the schedule for today? Yeah. We're really diving in deeper into, okay, how can we make this work if seven of us are home yes. together yes. all the time? Mm-hmm. What do we need and mm-hmm. how, how do we do this?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely, it's, um, I wonder what, you know, and looking back, you know, what people will think, you know, maybe even in five years, I wonder, I'm curious to see what the seeds have been planted for relationships and family dynamics and, and things in five years to come, what it will look like, um, as far as family dynamics goes.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, we're just coming to the end of our time. Thank you so much for all of your sharings and- Do you have any last minute advice or anything else that you'd like to share for parents?
1: Um, Maybe just an action step. You know, Mm -hmm. we've been talking a lot about conscious parenting, um, you know, conscious parenting for the modern mother, like what does that all look like? And I know there are lots of moms or lots of women who are pregnant right now. Mm -hmm. And so planning this journey, um, as much as it is preparing our body, right? There's lots of awesome prenatal classes that talk about labor and birth and all of those things. Um, Also an invitation to dive deeper into your own unconscious or own subconscious. You know, what are those pieces within? Um, Because as we're bringing a child into this world and we're thinking about parenting, there's going to be those triggers. Mm -hmm. So use this time now as you're preparing, maybe you're a new mother, maybe you're expecting um, to think about, you know, parts of your childhood that bring back really great memories and parts of your childhood that maybe are, don't bring back, you know, lots of happy memories or or, are kind of painful Mm -hmm. Uh, and kind of dig into those a little bit more, you know, celebrate the joyful moments and think about how to recreate those with your children, Mm -hmm. but also look at those times where it was painful and there was hurt and dissect that a little bit, dive a little bit deeper into um, looking at how that impacts you in your Mm day-to-day, right? Because we're gonna carry that on to passing that on with our children. So if we do the work now, we can start to tune into those triggers so that when our children are here and they are triggering us, we already have a bit of that connection of, oh, right, this was bringing back my own childhood so you know just some invitation just do some journaling and a little bit of a deeper dive into those subconscious programming yeah. that uh, we, we carry around with us
0: yeah I think that's it. I mean, everything really is just to keep keep we we got to keep going back to our unconscious unconscious patterning and you know just keep reviewing ourselves and how we can be continue to be better versions of ourselves all the answers are within that's the truth <laughs>
1: Absolutely. we just need to be open to be digging in yes yeah. Getting into open the
0: looking at it. yeah opening the doors a little bit and just um and being courageous you know to take a look at that because we might be pleasantly surprised because sometimes the answers are right there right so beautiful well you're such a gift and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today so for cherry you can follow her on instagram at i think parenting parenting littles And, um, you know, she also has a Facebook group that you can connect with as well. What was the name of your Facebook group? Positive Parenting Tools. Positive Parenting Tools. So it's great, uh, you know, as we talked about before, it's a great area to to, um, get connected and be a part of a community of like-minded people who are going through probably something very similar that you're going through as well. So thank you so much, Sherry, and you know I hope that those of you who are watching enjoyed our conversation today. Um, and please share it out with your friends and family, and you know especially this episode talking about uh, conscious parenting. You know please share it out with your community and your friends and your family. So thank you for watching, and we appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank for- you so much, Dixie. Thank you. Bye. Bye.